Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is the uh, first episode of the ISAE podcast, uh, devoted and focused uh, on ISAE's uh, members and audience of association professionals. So we're glad you joined us. So I, yeah, I'm Michael Reynolds. I'm also joined by uh, Rachel Dager uh, with ISAE as well. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? Awesome, doing great. And we are here with our uh, special guest, uh, Julia Reich. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Is it Reich? It's Reich, but that's fine. Reich. I got it wrong. I'm so sorry, Julia. That's okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're glad to have you. So um, I'll let you talk a little bit about yourself as well, but I'll, I'll give you a short intro. So it looks like you are uh, principal of Stone Soup Creative. And what do you do at Stone Soup Creative? I am a branding consultant. Uh, so I typically work with nonprofit organizations, associations, and educational institutions, and I help them build an authentic brand. Uh, and I do that so that they can make uh, more of an emotional connection with their constituents. Um, and that helps them raise more money, attract more support, um, and just get sort of seen in the marketplace so that they stand out from the crowd. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's actually a great segue into our topic because our topic today is figuring out your association's brand positioning. So uh, I know you're giving a uh, Tech Talk presentation on November 12th. So uh, for audience, depending on when you're listening to this, that's coming up, or maybe it's in the past, but if it's coming up for you, if you're listening before November 12th, uh, go to isa.org and check it out. We'd love to, to see you there. So, so Julia, let's get started with uh, the just kind of the first general question on my mind and a lot of our listeners' minds is what is brand positioning for your association? What does that mean? Well, it's really uh, developing and identifying something unique some unique attribute that makes your organization stand out from the crowd. Um, and it could be, uh, you know, it could be sort of like the magic ingredient, you know, that your organization has. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for instance, um, you know, Intel inside would be an example of that. Um, or it could be maybe um, you're the first in something, or you're the latest in something, or you're a specialist in something. Maybe you're a leader in something. Um, for example, like uh, you know, like the Mayo Clinic. They're the specialists. They're the leaders in um, cancer research. So it's really identifying. I work with my clients to identify their positioning so that uh, they can express their unique attribute uh, with their marketing and communications. And that's that really will interesting make them different me. than their yeah than their competitors. Yeah, that's really interesting to me because I don't often think of associations as focused on branding. You think of branding for, you know, big companies, you know, Coke, Nike, etc., and even small businesses, you know, their their logo, their colors, their messaging, their identity, you know, that's their branding, but I don't often think of associations being that focused on their differentiating factors and their branding, which maybe they should be obviously, but uh, that's interesting that you that you mentioned that specifically for associations. So what are mm -hmm. what are some ways associations maybe that you've seen or that maybe you've helped and worked with can kind of figure out and focus on finding their brand? Well, um, first I just want to say that I think that um, associations and nonprofits, uh, you know, and foundations or any kind of um, organization like that, I think branding is just as important for them as it is for uh, for-profits. Oh yeah, I would agree. Uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's it, you know, they might not be, you know, they might have not have traditional competitors in the sense that they're competing for um, you know, uh, customer dollars, but you know, I think uh, associations are are you know competing for market share in other ways. You know, maybe they're competing for eyeballs, or um, they want to be considered experts in their field. So there's yeah. always something. 
that could be, you know, that you could sort of differentiate yourself on and, and help your association stand out. Uh, yeah, so, but I'm, to get back to your question. <laughs> Um, so your question, tell me your question again. Sure, and really uh, my question is probably asked pretty poorly, so let me try again. <laughs> let me try a more specific question. So um, I guess what I'm wondering is what is, what is an example of oh. uh, brand positioning or a differentiating factor that an association could consider focusing on? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing that I do with my clients uh, before we even try to tackle positioning is that there's a few sort of preliminary steps that we have to take and we need to figure out basically two things. You know, what is the associations, what are their core values? And that's sort of who they are at the core. So if you can identify maybe three or four or five of your core values, so those are things that if you took that core value away, the association would cease to exist. So it's not kind of something you want to be, it's something that's completely intrinsic to who you are as an association or an organization. So that's core values, that's the first thing. The second thing would be you need to establish what your personality is. And that's not something you can really create. It can be somewhat aspirational, but your personality is your personality is your personality. So you can't really fake that, um, and, and um, if you do, you know, consumers are smart. They're gonna they're gonna be able to tell that you're kind of faking your brand personality. So you really want to <laughs> stay true. Yeah, you really want to stay true to who you are. And um, you know, I work with um, you know a branding team for my clients, and we we kind of like uncover those messages together. You know, the core values and and the personality. It's not something that I come in and say, you know, this is who you are based on my research. It's something that I kind of facilitate and draw out of my clients because they know who they are more than I do. It's just a process of uncovering what's already there. I'm so glad you said that. I could not agree more. A lot of companies and organizations and, and associations also, I think, try to create this personality and kind of force it and fake it, like you said. And you're right, you can't do that. I mean, if you look at great organizations, they are the personality and the culture is created by the team. It's by everybody and it's not just something you can just wave a wand and say, oh, this is our personality and our culture. It has to be nurtured and created by everyone, I think. So I, I could not agree more. I'm glad you mentioned that. So, well, it's, uh, it's an interesting thought because both of the group that I work with, for example, is 50 years old. And so obviously who we are is changing over time. And But this would be a good exercise for us on probably a more regular basis than we do it now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably a good idea to revisit your values and your personality, you know, every few years and make sure that you're still on track. And like I said, it can be aspirational, but you just want to you want it to have you want it to be within the realm of possibilities like within the next few months. Like for instance, if you if you want to be seen as an association that's um, I don't know, serious and resourceful but you're not quite there yet, it just should be something that you can achieve within the next six months. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what uh, the next question I always get when I talk about branding with people is if you take a stand and you decide, okay, this is what differentiates us, this is our personality or whatever, the first thing people always say is, well, what if I lose some people? What if I turn some people off by, by taking a stand in my culture or personality or messaging or something or, or focusing on something? So what do you say to people that get... Uh, concern that they're going to, you know, maybe lose members or, or turn some people off by 
getting more focused on their on their brand? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good question, Michael. I think that uh, in order to overcome that, I think the organization needs to have a sense of who their ideal customer is or who their ideal audience is. Uh, and they need to um, basically figure out everything about that ideal audience member. And then it's kind of like uh, you know your imaginary friend. You know, who are you going to market to specifically? You know, what's that person's age? What's their gender? What kind of car do they drive? Um, you know, what are you offering that can help them? You know, what what how, you know? Why did they come to you in the first place? Like, what's their need? And um, once you figure out who that ideal customer is, uh, you can target your marketing to that person. And in all my years of experience, I've never really seen people get turned off or turned away if your marketing is targeted to someone who's slightly different than that person. Um, it might not resonate for them exactly, but you know, I think that uh, by having targeted marketing to a, sp a specific ideal type of customer, I think it makes it more personal. Um, and more personal communications is more successful. Yeah, and for, for members too, Rachel, you probably have experience with this, but uh, you're in association leadership, so there are probably some members out there that aren't ideal for your association. There are some that are, but there are probably some that, you know, maybe you'll just never be able to make them happy or they just, you know, something about, you know, who they are just doesn't quite fit with, with what you offer. Uh, am I off base or do you think that... Uh... Oh, no, you're exactly right. And, I mean, dues are paid every year, so you need to prove yourself um, again and again, making sure that you're the right fit for your member. Yeah. And if you and if you can figure out you know who that perfect member is and it really resonates with them, then they're going to become your emissary. You know they're going to be out there saying, "Wow, this group is great." You know they're going to be on social media saying, "This group is great." They're going to be uh, sharing that word of mouth, and I think it can only be beneficial. Yeah, I would agree. That's fantastic. So uh, now I don't want to give away too much in your talk because obviously you're giving a presentation on November twelfth. And uh, that's where the good stuff's going to happen, and we shall <laughs> attend that. <laughs> but uh, uh, a lot of our listeners are probably saying, okay, I, I need to focus on our association's brand a bit more. I need to uh, figure out how we can connect with our members better through good branding. What are, what's one or two things they can do today, maybe, or this week, or even this month, to kind of turn the knob a little bit and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to make some optimizations in how we, how we approach our membership, how we approach our community, and how we take care of our brand. Is there anything they can do that is, I don't want to say easy, but maybe simple and short term that would get them started? Well, um, the answer can be no. Maybe there's nothing, maybe they have to you know, go through a big process. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kind of asking you as the expert kind of what you right, think. Right, right, right. Well, with. what I'm going to be doing, what I'm going to be doing uh, during my, um, during my training in November is I'm going to be taking um, everybody through sort of an abbreviated or abridged version of my process that I work with with my clients. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to be very interactive and people are, you know, it's going to be like a workshop. So it's not just going to be like me, you know, standing up there talking. People are really going to be working on mm -hmm. developing um, their values and their personality. So I think that, um, you know, one thing that people could do to sort of get started is you know, think about what your core values are. See if you can identify in your association what maybe three to five different core values are uh, and start there. And then, you know, once you think you have a pretty solid list, 
you could kind of um, kind of test it with yourself or with your colleagues, and you could you could maybe um, play a little game and just say like, well, let's say my association died tomorrow and there was a tombstone, and those three or four or five core values were engraved on the tombstone. You know, are those the words that I would want everyone to remember my association by? And just see if it resonates. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds kind of silly, but you know, it kind of works. No, that's good. That's a great start. And I think that's something that we can all kind of wrap our minds around and, and understand. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Excellent. Great. Well, uh, Julie, Rachel, what, uh, yeah, go ahead, Rachel. I was just going to ask, for this um, session on the 12th, what are the best staff persons to attend this meeting? Is this a leadership session or a communications marketing person? Rachel, that's a great question. I would, I would say uh, both types of people would be, um, would get something out of this session. And in fact, you know, when I do these types of workshops with my clients, I really ask for all levels of the staff to be present or part of the branding team. And so I really think that anybody who works on an association could get something out of this workshop. Yeah, branding touches every aspect of the organization. So yeah, that makes sense. Well, good. Well, Rachel, have you, uh, do you have any questions that maybe I haven't asked? I was looking at um, Julia's website, and it talked about how do you know when it's time to rebrand. Ah. Um, so if, is that something that you'll touch on in the ISAE session? Um, let's say I have a brand currently, maybe it's not performing as well as I'd like. Um, will I get some tips from this session also? Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I will definitely be covering that. What are some sort of common um, situations where organizations need to rebrand? Um, I will I'll definitely be going over that. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's commonly when an organization is has been around for a while, like you said, your association has been around for a while, and maybe they've kind of outgrown, you know, they've, they've grown in such a way that they become something that they weren't when they first began. Um, you know, maybe their mission is, is slightly different. Or uh, another common reason to rebrand is if, if the association or the organization has some kind of program um, that's become more famous than the association itself, uh, you know, and, and it needs to kind of like be taken back under the umbrella or the parent organization. So those are two common reasons to rebrand. Yeah, that resonates well with us because our group was founded for the purpose of publishing a journal which probably isn't what most organizations would be founded on as a purpose today. And they've definitely outgrown, you know, that single purpose. So, mm -hmm. good thought. Well, Julie, this has been awesome. So, uh, is there anything I haven't asked that you'd like to share with our listeners, or are we, are we good to wrap up? Uh, I just want to say thank you, Michael and Rachel, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to uh, visiting with ISAE and, um, and presenting in, in November. So, I look forward to it. Fantastic. Well, so do we. We'll all go ahead and uh, get us wrapped up here. So I want to give our listeners a little bit of information about where to find you. So uh, as we know, podcasts live on forever. So some of our listeners may find this after November 12th. And if they do, I want to be sure they can find you. You're at Stone Soup Creative, which is at stonesoupcreative.com. And that's probably the best place to, to find you, I would assume. And yep. uh, lots of information about how to contact you will be there, obviously. And yes. uh, if this is before November 12th, please sign up uh, on isae.org. And you can sign up and attend uh, the presentation from Julia there. So 
Um, so with that, uh, Julia, thank you so much for your time. Uh, a lot of great insights. Obviously, your expertise in branding um, is, is phenomenal. I think that a lot of our listeners are getting a lot out of this already, and hopefully will um, if they can attend your presentation. So thanks, Julia, and thanks, Rachel, for joining us as well. And uh, to all our listeners, thanks for joining us for the first episode. We'll be having many more of these with all of our uh, great presenters who partner with ISAE. And you can find out more about ISAE at isae.org. So until then, we'll see you next time. Thanks.